Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast where we dig you out of your backlog before it buries you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Isa and Lee to my Ienzo. Kind of a weird pick for you. You want to be the one that has no lines. I'm Jared. And I'm Matt. Besides, don't you voice Leo when we do uh, do that? I mean, OK, um, Lee, <laughs> at, the, at this point, the, at this point in this uh, one, uh, I don't know why I picked Enzo, if I'm being honest. It, it was the right flow of that sentence. <laughs> I remember we were talking about this before making you say something about he's the he's the one to be for some reason. Oh, he, he becomes way more important later on. Like he does. Um, so you say he's he's not important in Birth by Sleep and he's not important in Chain of Memories and he's not in uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 apart from being an absent silhouette. But he becomes more important later. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, he wasn't really important in three, did you say 358 either. I mean, he wasn't important in 358 over two days because he was one of the people that got sent to Castle Oblivion to be killed by Axel. The only indication is, as I recall, um, was it him or Vexen that Axel taunted Syx with? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Vexen, but yeah, <laughs> but that would imply someone cares about what happened to Vexen. <laughs> but I mean, Vexen was the one that was actually doing important shit in Castle Oblivion is the thing. Ienza was just in the sitting in the basement with Lexius smoking a joint. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but I just think that Vexen was just uh, wasting time and calling it science. They were basically down in the basement talking about dankness. I mean, darkness. But and, and and justifying that as the reason they couldn't find the light switch. Yep. But like, I mean, Vexen was making replicas. Replicas were supposedly important, right? Yes. Ergo, I mean, Vexen was the one that was more important. Mm. I'm sorry, Jared. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but I'm the one who had to try to voice him. He's kind of hard to just sound snotty. And that is the problem of trying to do Derek Stephen Prince's voice. I think only one person can do Derek Stephen vo- Prince's voice, and it's Derek Stephen Prince. Like that weird, obnoxious, nasally voice that only comes comes up in anime because he'll voice anything. Yep. <laughs> so and no one and no one actually talks like in real life. Exactly. <laughs> so back to uh, anyway, the current yeah. time, we get to discuss Ventus's trip to Radiant Garden. And I kind of mentioned last time we were here with Terra that we would kind of get to see everyone's different perspective of this. I almost wish they had like actually made it seem different every time and do like a whole Rashomon sort of perspective. Yeah. But they didn't quite get that ambitious here. One thing Birth by Sleep does is they they're willing to show different parts of scenes, but when you get to the part of the scene that's already been shown, it almost never varies. It's just like only there might be a bit more after or before it. Yeah, like the camera doesn't even favor a different person. Like, mm-hmm. it would be interesting if the camera favored Ventus more in Ventus's route and favored Terra more in Terra's route, but they don't do that. But we haven't made it to Radiant Garden yet because we got other places to be first. Yeah, as Ben is flying around the lanes between, he sees Venetus flying off towards the Badlands. And of course, you can't ignore that. Can't ignore that. I mean, that's not all you're out here for, but that guy said something that made you sad once. Yeah, he knows something about Terra. So let's go find oh. him. <laughs> yeah, so Ven chases him there and manages to get ambushed by the guy he was chasing. Yep. Ven decides to take this opportunity to ask some good questions, like what does Venetus mean about Terra being a different person? Venetus just is like, no, I'm not going to answer your questions. I just want to kill you. It's time for a fight between light and dark. Fight me. But unfortunately, the fight's over in an instant because Venetus has this annoying trick both in cutscene and out of cutscene in actual battle. 
called After Images. He goes full Dragon Ball on your ass and just vanishes, like leaving a mirage behind to hit you from above. Yeah. Interrupts combos all the time. Yeah. And like, I actually have not seen this After Image trick being done much in other video games. And it's like very explicitly Vanitas's trick in Kingdom Hearts. Every fight with a kind of Vanitas has this weird After Image thing going on. It's weird. It wouldn't be a kind of a cool effect if it wasn't for the fact that they just sort of like leave a character model hanging in the sky that looks kind of bugged for a bit. Like I, when I was reading about this, the uh, mechanics of Birth by Sleep, how the stun counter, the revenge counter on bosses is kind of randomized. Mm-hmm. For so Vanitas, it's not only is it randomized, but it's also pretty short. So you really and with Ventus, you really need to do combo hits. He does so little per hit, but you're only going to get one to three hits off. And so he's Vanitas is going to be in the air above you if you're not already hitting dodge roll, you're smacked. Well, yeah, we're not in the fight yet, though. Fair, but, you know, we have not started the fight yet. I just wanted to comment on the after image stuff to start with. So, yeah, in this fight, you get you take one hit and you're and you're taken to the ground. Vanitas is just like already done with Ven, decides he wants to kill him. And then fucking Mickey Mouse shows up and pulls Ven away from a smoking crater and casts a healing spell. Can I say Mickey's appearance of this is in Ventus's storyline is the weirdest. We don't see how it started and we don't see how it's ending either. He just he'll spend the rest of the plot floating in and out. And Ventus just never questions it. A cute mouse just showed up and helped save you. And he's got a cool keyblade. Why question it? Because there's a lot of weird shit going on and maybe you should check. Well, (laughs) I mean, but also Mickey just like straight up says one of the most amazing lines possible to Vanitas. He says, Keyblades are not something you use to just bully somebody around. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which, like... And then Mickey says he'll show ya. Yeah, anytime Mickey says any kind of thing at all that is related to any Kingdom Hearts lore, cracks me the fuck up. It's well, so good. It's great. To be simple, Mickey Mouse is not is never being made with a character model in these games meant to be too serious looking. Yeah. Like his face is frozen in a half smile, even as most unhappy looking. So it, it and and I I think it's still Wayne at this point. But he he's still alive at this point. I'd have to check. Does Mickey wonderfully, but I don't think he ever needed to do Mickey really mad. I think he's probably just showing up for the paycheck. He's just like, okay, I got to voice Mickey saying this shit. Okay. <laughs> it's it's actually I was wrong. This is the first time that we have Brett Iwan playing the voice of Mickey. Wayne Allwine died in two thousand nine. Oh, wow. Like like the actual literal first time that in any Disney property? Oh, barely. If you look at his photography, like he has filmography, the filmography is one Disney and Ice and one special show called Have a Lap. And then he started being Mickey and Birth by Sleep and Epic Mickey in 2010. So this okay. is one of the very first things he ever did. Wow. Wild. If it's actually considered this first full performance as Mickey Mouse is, is, is for the PSP Birth by Sleep. I like it. This would be a question in Disney Adult Trivia Night. Yeah. Who was the fourth official voice of Mickey Mouse? <laughs> Second question. What what was his major debut? <laughs> so Mickey joins in as a non-controlled NPC to afford this fight. And he's actually more useful than Donald. Oh, yeah. This is a, uh, one of the big step ups in difficulty on critical mode. Um, even like, in normal. Even in normal, he's pretty difficult because he his after image trick is just mean. Like I didn't have once more yet and I died pretty frequently. There, it's hard to get that before Radiant Garden. Mickey is always really badass in any Kingdom Hearts uh, game he shows up in. Oh, yeah. 
I believe in this fight, actually, you have to team up with Mickey to actually win. There's a limit break style. I don't think you need it. But the thing is, this fight is a whittle down fight because Ventus still isn't doing much damage. And like I said, you can't get Vinius in the long combo. So he just ports above you. Yep. So like, me not being very good at this, mostly what I did was I beat him till I was hurt and my cure spell was recharged, I'd use it. And when it wasn't, I didn't run away and let Mickey get beat up while I wait for it to recover. I mean, that's <laughs> how the command deck system works. You, you get Mickey Mouse beat up? Keep a couple of cure spells around and then you let someone else handle it while you let your cure spells regenerate. I said, but I'm talking like I would run all the way across the field because Vanitas had a hot habit of just turning and charging you. Oh, cool. You figured out the strategy for beating Vanitas Remnant. No, I never played that because I'm not going to do the goddamn mini games. Good on you. <laughs> we'll talk about Vinitas Remnant at the end of the season. Anyway, winning gets us another deck capacity expansion. And it's going to be a long fight. Like I said, you have to whittle yeah. it down through small numbers of hits, then dodge. It's actually not terrible timing for dodging the after image, but you can't let yourself get caught in a combo going forward. Yeah, um, he can combo you to death pretty easily. It's pretty annoying. He does. He yeah. does a lot more damage. Oof. Yep. Vanitas is, from what I understand, the, the reason why they give him the after image thing and make it his thing is be, probably because he is the most agility fighter of all of the villains. I can see that. Um, I mean, Larxene has clones. Larxene has clones, but clones aren't the same as after images. Unless she's moving so fast, you see multiple. Also, I would say Vanitas is more of an important villain than Larxene. Or Larxene. Larxene doesn't care. Honestly, they have a certain don't give a shit uh, shared attitude. True. <laughs> they, they should get together and form a band. Vinius is a lot more focused in his aggro. Uh, Larxene is just like, troll anyone, don't care. But they yep. both have that apathy. Vinius yeah. kind of is annoyed by Ventus for what it's worth, but he definitely just kind of uh, he's over it. Yep. <laughs> so after the fight, Vinius gets up, pops off into a darkness portal, leaving with consider yourself on probation, which is kind of a lame parting line. <laughs> You're on double secret probation. Ventus House. <laughs> Ventus House. He did just get his ass beat by uh, somebody he was supposed to be killing and a cartoon mouse. So. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. I was anyway. beat by a cartoon mouse. I'm going to call in sick for us today. Thanks. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I am not going to be here right now. <laughs> I think Ventus even is shouting probation for what as he runs off. (laughs) (laughs) So then and Mickey just sort of bond over being Keyblade trainees. And like Mickey is also just kind of like I went on a little journey of my own away from my master. And he's he's not using the same kind of uh, space spike technology that the that our Keyblade masters are using. He's using something called the Star Shard or a Kirby Warp Star. Yeah, it is a Kirby Warp Star, basically. But he can't really control it very well. He definitely uh, is always the the warp star crash land mode. Oh, yeah. Kirby has. So now we have to imagine Mickey Mouthful mode. <laughs> oh, no. I want to see fan art of that. <laughs> you do? It would be hilarious. Also, I'm pretty Not sure, him. like, OK, all the weird Disney merch or rather all the weird Mickey merch you see around Disneyland could basically just be considered Mickey Mouthful mode, couldn't it? Those cars that have Mickey Mouse ears, mouthful mode. Oh, no. Those little it, all the, traffic cones Mickey that have Mickey Mouse ears, I know they have them. I'm pretty sure I've seen them, mouthful mode. <laughs> Night. I was going to make a war okay. joke, but I'll pass. Nope. We're nope. fired up. Whatever you're, wherever you're in the Kirby topic, you want to avoid that lest you go down a dark path. 
I'm just sad that Forgotten Land didn't have Kirby eat an entire world. If the opportunity was there. The opportunity was. was there. I'm very sad. Anyway. I understand I understand, it ends, I understand the whole thing ends with semi-two-face equals win. Sorry, what what? I, I think would have been a very good opportunity. Have Kirby put his mouth around the portal to temporarily stop the world collision from happening. Yeah. Well, that's just a really weird version of of Digimon Savers. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) That way, Kirby could have eaten, technically eaten an entire reality for for a few seconds. Yeah, yeah, that's what should have happened. Oh, God. Anyway. Um, (laughs) Anyway. Mickey's star shard emits a pillar of light and Ven just gets yeeted right into space right outside Radiant Garden. So that well, that's where we wanted to go anyway, right? So yes, good. Well, I mean, I don't know if Ben knew he wanted to go there, but this is where the star shard wants him to go. And this is where the plot wants him to go. And if you're on your second path, you know, it's where he needs to go. So it's where you you want him to go. Yep. And we can high jump now. Hooray. He gets it early. Yeah. And we also get a D-Link with Mickey. Hooray. Let's go into Radiant Garden, y'all. Yay. Yay. So Ven arrives. I believe he lands in the town square as opposed to like the weird garden that uh, Tara does. And he sees Scrooge as well. But he also sees Mickey running off the other way. So apparently Mickey just ditched us. Yep. It's like, fuck, let's go follow Mickey. Why not? And to be honest, he kind of gives the impression it's Mickey's a friend he hasn't seen in a bit either. It's just what Ven's reaction. It's strange. Oh, it's It's been days. I kind of feel a lot of it is that Ven and Mickey are kind of similar to each other. And they kind of like, you know, basically form that, oh, we're we're the same. We're going to be friends. Backslapped. Done. And then he doesn't see him for five minutes and it's like he's been gone for a year. Yep. (laughs) Ventus also has object permanence issues. Yeah. Um, So uh, we end up going through the left part of town rather than the right part of town that Tara got to go through. Yeah, we, we didn't get to go to this area at all. It's like a castle entrance. Yep. And we make it to the front door of the castle of Radiant Garden in our notes. We say hello, Bastion, and that's not right. Oh, who can keep track? Same yep. castle. Yep. Back. And guarding the gates are two familiar looking men, at least familiar to us. They're bouncers, Dylan and Alias. Yep. All they're good for, these two dipshits that have been like completely useless in Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories and Kingdom Hearts 2, all they were good for in their original forms is guarding a fucking door. The two members of Org 13 that only exist as boss fights and basically nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Alex- yeah, Alexius and Zaldins. Yeah, Dylan hasn't even distru- discovered his true purpose in life, which is trolling beast. Oh, if only I had some some big overgrown guy that I could harass. Big overgrown furry guy. And a looks looks over him like it just sort of edges away. No, no, it needs to be a furry guy. You're fine. I mean, you know, he's Alice is pretty shaggy. Zaldin is the Lance guy and and uh, Lexius was the axe slash tomahawk guy, right? Yeah. Yes. But right now they're just guarding a door. It, it is amusing. You have to double check. Yes. And Not even at you, you know? <laughs> yeah. It is worth noting they're both wearing the same uniform that Bragg was wearing in the, in the yeah. last part. That is true. Um, that is definitely worth noting that, like, uh, it seems that Bragg was in the same kind of castle guard thing that Dylan and Alice are. Can I say these uniforms are just uh, are just adorable? They have double-breasted buttons and a big heart in the front. Yep. Piece. Like the Radiant Garden Palace Guard uniform is 
just verging on Sinister, but is also just kind of like Bit Rocketeer, I guess. We know that these guys have to do with, you know, Ansem the Wise, a.k.a. Diz, before he was... True. Before, uh, what who you call him, uh, Xehanort's Heartless took over that name. And they also didn't really know the difference, which is weird because they knew Ansem the Wise and he was not a tan-skinned, silver-haired guy. I got the impression they all went along with Xehanort saying, I'm Ansem now. Okay, buddy, whatever you, think, whatever you say. <laughs> oh, boy, Ansem's on his shit. He's dyed his hair and skin. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Now there's two of him. These two aren't important. They send us along. They mostly <laughs> they mostly call you a pipsqueak and, th- and vaguely threaten you with their weird weapons. Yep. And then Ven sees a giant unverse fly away. Ven just immediately knows that they're bit players and says, guys, stay here. I got this. <laughs> and they're like, you really shouldn't do that. And, but then, of course, because we need to have the asshole quotient trap a little bit. Now we get to meet Evan. Yep. Evan, spelled E-V-E-N, but pronounced Evan. Because he's not, because honestly, I'd call him as even, not even tempered, not even minded, not even sanity. Mm. Nope. Even Stevens. Yep. yep. Anyway, he shows up and stops Dylan from a- and Alice from doing anything else important. Good work. <laughs> and, he, it's a, and he's still just as much an asshole. <laughs> well, Evan can't let anyone get, become more important than him unless they're more important already. So... He's got yeah. to put the kibosh on that. Real I got to hang on to my ranking. I can't yeah. fall any further. But he already seems to know some of the lore, too. As he sends the two bit players off, he muses that Ventus is a heart devoid of darkness. Stripped clean of it at that. Very questionable. <laughs> yep. He finds it pretty sus. But then he's done <laughs> and leaves. Yep. Well, I bought break. Yep. Then <laughs> ends up back in town square and finds another Final Fantasy character, Scrooge McDuck, facing off against a piece of the giant unverse. I am not going to lose this joke. Gonna laugh. I would like to see Scrooge McDuck try to find a try to fight a heartless with his cane and pogo jump. Dude, could do it. Uh, how in the uh, new cartoon he defeats a Wendigo, a spirit of misery and, and revenge, by stomping on its head with his with his cane right out of a portal. The guy oh, yeah. is a badass adventurer. Yeah, he, <laughs> Final Fantasy character. Was he a dragoon? Yeah, I'd say so. That sounds about right. Yeah, actually, that's exactly right. The, the leaping strike. <laughs> the, the classic pogo jump from the NES game is absolutely a dragoon jump. Yeah, Scrooge is a dragoon. You heard it here first, like, <laughs> first folks. <laughs> Scrooge is a dragoon. Uh, Donald is a black mage. The uh, triplets are are Moogles. I don't know. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, we don't know what the triplets are yet. They don't. They haven't figured out their job yet. They're kids. They're freelancers. And they are not <laughs> distinguished from each other in this version because it is not the new DuckTales version of them. Which is definitely by far the best version of distinguishing them yep. in which you have which you have a uh, scholar slash barbarian somehow. Oh, boy. <laughs> I guess that means anyway. Webigail has to be a white mage. Oh, not, not in the new version. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, Webigail. She's a ninja. Yeah, Webigail's a ninja. She's an FF14 ninja. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You need to watch the new DuckTales if you haven't. It's really I good. I do. I have oh, not yeah. seen it. Okay. A lot of good, a lot of good Disney animated series recently. Including ones that we realize we've missed at this point. Oh yeah, I need to go see Amphibia. It is apparently uh, Magic Knight Ray Earth, but in a world of frogs. <laughs> I get the impression the really crazy magic stuffs in the last half. Like it, it, it's hey, slow burn. It, that's fine. I am t- totally up for a slow burn fantasy adventure in a world of frogs. That sounds fun. So anyway, Scrooge is, is, is telling the Unverse he better not try to rob him. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, Ben chases off the uh, giant Unverse with a Keyblade, and Scrooge offers to repay him. It's a separate piece of the Unverse, right? Because like, it's because it turns into the Trinity Iron Armor. This is another one of its body parts. Ben is pretty antsy about Scrooge's insistence over this, and the, but Scrooge, being a totally not questionable old man with a secret for it to show a young kid, has Ben look in his hat. <laughs> And then, like, he leans in and and basically lets Ven know that he knows his secret, that he's from another world and stuff like that. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's lip readers everywhere. Hal's watching us. But you don't have lips. You're a duck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'll take care of the payment. Just put it on my bill. God damn it. I can't believe I set you up for that. <laughs> I can't believe it either. <laughs> OK, anyway, yeah, Scrooge reveals that he's from another world. It says that he was brought to Radiant Garden by Merlin. Okay, that <laughs> might be a bit of a damper in my theory, folks, but... Merlin's sending Robert Barons to different worlds. I don't think it's that that good at action. True. Yeah, that's pretty sus as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, Besides, Merlin hangs out with fi- other Final Fantasy characters. It totally makes sense. True. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. We're, we're The theory is not dead yet. <laughs> Ducks are still from Final Fantasy, folks. <laughs> yeah, but Merlin definitely hangs out with, you know, Leon and Yuffie and stuff like yeah. that. And tries to get kids look at his books. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah, Scrooge gives Ben the lifetime passes to Disney Town, enough for him and two grownups, which is the exact same phrase that we're going to see a little bit later. Yep. Did I mention before that apparently that's a slight translation difference? Really? Apparently, Scrooge says to bring his parents. And so, like, in the Japanese, <laughs> Ben's a little sad being reminded he's an orphan. Wow. Oh, gotcha. That's I don't have a wow. good source you, for that. But <laughs> so they probably use the word Yoshin and stuff like that? Possibly. It was not a very strong like listing. I would have to research it to confirm it, like we did before when we were checking different audios, but I can't say that's yeah, needy so- on this one. <laughs> hey, this is John from the future, just dropping in to say... I did a little bit of extra research to follow up on what Jared was saying here because I didn't like just leaving it as is. Um, so what I found is that what Scrooge says is Hogosha no Bunde. Hogosha more specifically translates to guardian, protector, patron, or parent. So I would personally say this is less about Ben thinking it's about being called an orphan. It's more about Ben's drifting relationship with Terra and Aqua, who I do think he probably does think of as his guardians. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say here. Back to the episode. Anyway, we got to chase that unverse. Holy shit. And like, and we as we're to that town to do horrible mini games. Yeah. And then like, as we're going through there, Merlin comes out to give us the Winnie the Pooh command board again. Oh, and by the way, Merlin is really fascinated this one. <laughs> like Ven say, you need to get inside. It's not safe. Like Merlin's like, oh, ordering me about that's unsafe. He's way too casual about inviting a small child into his house to look at a book. What the fuck is up with Merlin? I, I want to go back to it. He openly threatens him first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> something is up with Merlin, y'all. I don't I, I'm not sure what yet. But something is up here. He can travel between worlds, open portals in time, and just, like, threatens you and keeps this incredibly powerful book that no one ever uses for anything other than minigames. Yep. And apparently the minigames in this world actually make you really powerful. Hmm. Well, that's because it's it's another it's another command board this time around. Yep. Anyway, so Ven and Aqua catch up to Terra at the same time to confront the Trinity armor. Wait, I think we've seen this already. 
Very much so. <laughs> there's there's very much the same. Like they fight. Fighting a Trinity armor is, is exactly the same, except you're fighting a little different because you're fighting as Ven rather than Terra. You had the scene after, and just that after Terra storms up, you stick with we stick with Ven this time. Yep. It, we also get our first secondary command style in Cyclone here. It is pretty spinny, as I recall. I don't. I recall trying to avoid using it because I don't think it was that good. It was decent for large groups. I never it. really used Cyclone. What What is it? The Blade Wing is his. Uh, Blade wing blade. blade, wing blade. Yeah, and I believe me, I use is wing blade as much as I could. <laughs> it's funny thing is, Aqua's probably the character I use the most use the most variety of command styles with because I liked using different things with her. She had a weak oh, yeah. uh, assortment. So yeah, the scene plays a little bit differently though. Like it's the same scene, but it, like now that we understand where Ven is coming from in the scene as well, it's just kind of like Ven's like we now know that Ven is is uneasy because he's been has head filled with worry about things and has been told strange things about Terra as well. Yep. So and we and we know where Terra is going to end up, too. So now we do get a little bit of a stuff after Terra leaves, which is nice. You're awful, Aqua. So now you know the truth, but the master loves Terra and you know that, too. So. (laughs) And then like, he goes on and accuses Aqua of saying being a Keyblade Master has gotten to her head, as if she's yeah. not literally doing what her job was told to do. Like, this is some power trip she's throwing at them. I, yeah, I it's mad at, at, at Ven. Yeah, uh, I can understand that. Like, um, he's throwing think, a little bit of a tantrum. Uh, I think Ven kind of feels almost like, like, I think out of the three of them, Ven has, I guess, the least duty bound idea of what it means to be a Keyblade Master. He more or less, I think, sees Keyblade Masters as kind of like, you know, going back to the whole Star Wars metaphor, you know, the people who think a Jedi's job is to just be like wanderers who go around doing good deeds, <laughs> you know, more I mean, or less. That's one part I also would see it as he, he very much is idealizes it in Terra first, Aqua second. So that caused an immediate conflict in his view of things. So he kind of reconciles it with since he he, he always tends towards Terra first. Like OK, so like he that. and so because he is trying to uh, justify what Terra is doing, he immediately assumes, OK, then I guess I got to be mad at Aqua. To some degree, yes. It, it doesn't really last, but... Yeah. It kind of seems almost to me like Ventus kind of sees Terra as a big brother and Aqua yeah. as a mom. <laughs> that might be it. That might be it. Stay out of my room, mom! <laughs> I see it where, like, he sees Terra as a cool big brother who shows and stuff, and Aqua as the well-meaning big sister still annoying and nags you. Uh-huh. That, that, would be my, that would be how I would describe it if you were asking to put in words. That's fair. So then just Ven just storms off. Yeah, Ven storms off to give chase after Terra, returns to the central square, and we find Ienzo surrounded by some unversed. Because, like, <laughs> who wouldn't be surrounded by unversed in this game? We gotta have an unversed fight. We've gone five minutes without an unversed fight. I mean, considering how small Zexion was, if we've now de-aged him, he is so tiny. Yeah, like, he is, small Ienzo looks really goofy. It's funny. I think he's actually a little shorter than Ven, though I'd have to see the scene to confirm it. Like, and he's still got, like, a white lab coat on, right? Yes. He's just and a he little is, nerd. <laughs> he's wearing a lab coat. It looks too big for him. Like, his sleeves go down to halfway over his hands, and he's wearing jeans underneath it. It looks like a black V-neck shirt and sneakers. So he really looks like a kid who put on a big white uh, lab trench coat. <laughs> yep. The unverse fight is unremarkable because it's, it's an unverse. unverse fight. I think this might be the one where you first have to deal with those fucking... Terra toppers? Is that what those are? The 
uh, valve thing the guys? The Steam guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure it's Terra toppers. Okay. No, I mean, I mean myself. It's something toppers. I'm not going to worry about it too much because yeah. I it's, just. I think this is probably the first fight where Ventus has to fight those. So, fuck. Tank toppler. Okay, whatever. Okay. <laughs> like Anson the Wise definitely would have gone around like looking for quote unquote gifted kids to bring into his weird black ops research operation here. Oh no. And that's probably why we have Enzo. Oh no. It's it's Professor Diz's school for gifted nobodies. No. And he's almost as successful at keeping uh, keeping things going the shit as that is. Yep. So Enzo just stares creepily at us. Yep. Yeah, and after the fight, Evan shows up just looking for Enzo. Like he's his like he's his sitter. And this is just fucking weird, you know? Like that Evan is apparently like Enzo's keeper. What the fuck? We've done our best to raise the boy since his poor parents are not here. <laughs> I kind of feel like Evan and Enzo, they kind of I guess are relatively similar. They're both kind of the smart the smart researchers of the bunch. Yeah, so, but yeah, but Evan's a guy you bar your doors around, and the Enzo's a guy you just <laughs> you just put like a book in front of so we stop staring at you. But like, I, I also got to ask, like, when they were writing this game, they were they were clearly like, okay, we need to get the scene with Bragg interacting with Xehanort in. That's fine, but I guess we also need to show where all the other org members came from. We need to have the full org squadron. Let's throw them all at then. We'll see in we'll see in a second. Yep. Yep. Wow. Wait, does Aqua even meet a unique a unique org member of her own? No, she does not. She meets Kyrie. I wasn't going to say who, but I'll say it's just kind of funny that Tara gets the one who's apparently close to the villain right now, then gets a scattering of randos, and Aqua does meet somebody else entirely. Yep. I mean, that's about par for the course. A scattering of randos. Tara like meets the villains. For them. Ventus meets sidekicks. Aqua has to deal with shit. Yeah, Aqua has to deal with shit. Evan leaves saying maybe our paths will cross again. Evan's like, huh? Yeah. Evan is definitely paying attention to the plot. He definitely falls under John's theory of, uh, you know, if you the people who are paying attention to the plot are scary, scarier than others. Well, it's lore more than plot. Yeah. Yes. Like if if it was anyone other than Evan, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. But it's Evan. I'm like, that guy's a dipshit. (laughs) He doesn't do Evan, anything. Evan, Evan sticks that. Let's poke it with a stick and see what happens. Yep. <laughs> we get the reversal command after this. Which I never remember to use. We got to go to the outer gardens to go look for Terra. Because Evan said, I bet I saw him. Yep. Yep. Ben catches up to Terra just as he's about to leave. So Ben, of course, like we know that Terra just did a whole bunch of shit fighting Brig and saving Master Xehanort. Shooting darkness at people and calling out eyes. Yeah. It was it was a day. He had a day. Ben conveniently did not see the entire episode that played it in town with Bregan Xehanort. So like right now, Tara's in the mindset of, well, I just did something wrong again. But then the other master said that that's cool and OK. And I don't know how I feel about that. Yep. And Ben's like, no, let me come with you. And Tara's like, no, go home. Tara blasts off. Ben just is left to mull over parting words. It's like, when I need you, you'll I know you'll be there. Yep. And so he's just like, fine, I'll go find Aqua. And Aqua is waiting in Central Square now. And Aqua also ends up just kind of like ditching him, ditching Ven. Which is it's funny that Aqua, even though she really wants Ven to go home, she prioritizes chasing Terra because she just leaves him to his own devices. Even though saying you need to go home. Just please. I beg. 
I'm begging you, go home. Okay, look, Tara is in a real bad state right now. I need to go find him. You need to go home. Yeah, it's probably because she understands that Tara is the one who's actually doing bad shit out there. Ventus is just putting himself in harm's way. Tara is possibly harming others. Yep. Then goes into a little bit of a flashback, just remembering his sparring with Tara and Aqua encouraging him through it. I love the little scene, the full version of, of these three kids sharing the same dream of being Keyblade Masters. I, yeah. I really love it. It's really cute. We saw like visuals of this with Tara. Now we just see more of what that said. I'll explain to Ven, like, even though you's like, even though you keep, it's like now you keep losing, but each, like, as you use it, it was like he was showing Ven, like, all these dents there. That's proof you're learning. And then he gives a speech, and it literally is the same ritual speech he says to uh, Riku. Huh. Like, through the simple act of taking. Oh, yeah. And Aqua kind of jokes at him and says, How can you, like, you're not a Keyblade Master. <laughs> Which is just kind of funny. It's almost like, it's just interesting you see it again in that way. Mm hmm. Like, it's kind of cool to get it. Like, if you're playing the game in the order that we're playing it right now, it's pretty cool to get that scene first with, like, seeing uh, Tara use that uh, in a formal way and then seeing it sort of as a joking way in this little flashback. That's pretty fun. Yeah, I would say encouraging more than joking, but yeah. As Ben is just sort of, like, sitting there in the central square, two local boys, Lee and Isa, walk by. They walk by right as Ben throws the training keyblade aside. And so that causes Lee to go walk up and ask if it's Ven's. And at this point, it, it must be pointed out, Lee is Axel. Lee and Axel behave identically. Lee is Lee is Lee is sixty percent sixty percent scale Axel. Yes, um, with almost with I think basically the same voice. Is he even modifying oh, it? No, it is the exact like he's saying the exact same shit. He's talking the exact same way. Lee and Axel behave identically. Nobody's have hearts. Fuck you, Diz. Yeah, he even does the got it memorized thing. Which is funny because Issa sounds the same, except he doesn't sound like he hates the world and everything in it so much. So just kind of serious, you know, and I'm pretty sure D Dylan and A-List, they were the same as well. How can you tell they didn't do anything? Well, yeah. <laughs> Lee even does the got it memorized thing. Well, and yeah, I mean, OK, I, I will take any chance I can get to do the Axel voice. So let's just do this. All scene right. All right. <laughs> This yours? Lee, we don't have time for this. Lighten up, Isa. It'll only take a sec. You still play with toy swords? That's cute. Now this right here? He pulls out a pair of funny little square fire frisbees. Ta-da! What do you think? Not a whole lot. You're just jealous. I'm Lee. Got it memorized? What's your name? Ventus. Okay, Ventus, let's fight. Fight? Why would I want to do that? You scared of losing? Come on. Hope you're ready. Ven picks up the wooden keyblade to face him. Yeah, now we're talking. You're going to be sorry. Issa laughs as the two of them spar, which does end with Lee down on the ground. I, I want to point <laughs> out at this point, this isn't an actual fighting game. This is just like a scene that plays out. I mean, he's using the wooden keyblade, so. Yeah. You had enough? Because I'm willing to call it a draw if you are. Huh? <laughs> right. From where I stood, the only thing you drew was a big L on your forehead for loser. Lame. Laughable. <laughs> Isn't this a part where you uh, cheer me up or something? You're just having a bad day, or that's what you get for pulling your punches, some friend. 
Oh, you mean I was supposed to lie? You see what I gotta put up with? Sure hope you don't have friends like him. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Lee, Lee, we have to go. Kay. Already? I'll see you when I see you. After all, we're friends now. Get it memorized. Okay, Lee. As the two walk away, what is it with you and picking up stray puppies? I want everyone I meet to remember me. Inside people's memories, I can live forever. I know I won't forget you. Believe me, I try all the time. See, I'm immortal. You're obnoxious. You ready? Well, I can tell you are. Yeah. As they walk into town, Vince watches them. Must be nice knowing who your friends are. God, what a fun little scene that is. I really like that scene just because it even starts out really, really big with the symbology of Ventus throwing the wooden keyblade away. I also just kind of like love the fact that like Lee is such a dork. <laughs> yeah. And also like I like Lee's like little motivation here, which is very much a a foreshadowing, you know, nobody type of motivation, uh, even though he's not a nobody yet. It's not really foreshadowing. It's. This is where the nobody that was Axel came from, and this is why he's so obsessed with memory in life. Mm -hmm. Like it's very much just like I want people to remember me, so that means I existed. Yeah. It's kind of brutal when you think of all the things he gets to experience or see happen to people he knows. Like, and also I want to point out, Isa doesn't get jealous because this is before he was a weird cultist. Yep. Yeah. Isa's just very wry, just likes to tear down his friend a little bit. But I mean, they have a Pretty fun, snarky relationship is like, I would say normal friend stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. As I said, he's a little bit stoic and taciturn still, but you, you got kind of the you got kind of the the the, the cooperative grump and and the goofus. Yep. Yeah, Isa is is Lee's straight man, basically. Yep. <laughs> I also want to say it's pretty damn clear that Lee did this to cheer up this weird kid that he just saw. Axel and Roxas have a similar relationship to Lee and Ven now. Yep. <laughs> The whole thing just is Kingdom Hearts and web. Kingdom Hearts. Everyone's the same one. Yep. <laughs> All the friendships are one friendship. Yep. It's definitely Lee trying to cheer up Ventus because you can tell that he's down in the dumps. I mean, you can definitely see yeah. that Lee has to draw him out to even get a real reaction to him uh, until yep. like he starts like actually, you know, like trying to fight him. Yep. And Lee just bonds by by picking fights and doesn't really seem too worried if he's going to lose or not, though, of course, he pretends. He's clearly not that great of a fighter right now if he just lost to a kid. Granted, a kid that has some training, but a kid who only seems a couple years separate from him, though. Lee looks like a young teen. Yep. Yeah. Lee isn't that old at this point. I think we're pinpointing it, what, like five years before the events of Kingdom Hearts 1? Yeah. Apparently, if you look, it's definitely earlier, but it's not like this timeline makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so Lee's <laughs> probably like 13 right now. I mean, if you look at what he's I just love he's wearing this checkered, this checkered slash plaid scarf over over an orange vest and cargo. And cargo. Oh, yeah. Their outfits are really good, too. This is probably my favorite uh, organization member appearance of the entire Birth by Sleep nonsense, just because, like, when I always enjoy seeing these characters interact. Yeah, and Isa's Isa's wearing a high school tracksuit with a moon on the on the emblem on it. Ventus gets the Frolic Flame Keyblade from this. Yep. And that's it for Radiant Garden. 
I do really like that ending, though. Must be nice knowing who your friends are, because this is the point right. at which Ven kind of feels like he's alone in the world. Like, because, mm-hmm. you know, he can't really t- trust anyone, really, at this point, he thinks. Right. Oh, no. Ven just learned angst. Oh, no. <laughs> Not our new good boy. <laughs> oh, God. And this is why Sora is the true main character, because he never learns angst. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. He he learns the hurt and he learns to take the hurt and the hurt. Oh, God, fuck's sake. Why did I no, watch? Go? He doesn't he doesn't learn that data. Sora learns it. So Sora doesn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Mickey. Could have just bought the, the cricket a new journal. We'll talk more about that when we get to coded. But next week, Ventus gets to meet more sidekicks and more sidekicks and more sidekicks. All the sidekicks. Actually, I think he even gets like a main character in that kind of role, too. But Mm. so until next time, I'm John. I'm Jared. I'm Matt. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlog dialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. I mean, I still love your rendition of the uh, of the or will you die like a dog uh, speech that we had you do uh, first season. I mean, I'd like to see I'd like to hear a real Mickey voice actor do that, if I'm being honest. I think that'd be wonderful. There's, there's probably someone who's managed to get it to happen. Wingblade is probably the second best right after Rhythm Mixer because Rhythm Mixer is the best. Well, I can't talk. <laughs>